0: Good morning. So glad to see each one of you this morning. That video was talking about the National Day of Prayer. This coming Thursday, I encourage you to come and let's pray for our country and go before God and trust Him. Well, this morning is a beautiful day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we're here to rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm chapter 8 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So I was just thinking about that verse as we were coming out here this morning. Notice it says, "O Lord, our Lord." That's who we're, we're worshipping, our Lord this morning. Our king of kings, he's our savior, he's our Lord, and his name is majestic. He's great and he does great things. Amen. Amen. And he got us through another week. He got us through to today, and now we can stand in his presence and worship his majestic name. I invite you to stand and let's sing about the great things that our God does.
1: Come let us worship our king. Come let us bow. Our Savior has done, see how His love overcomes. He has done great things, He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Jesus. You
2: missionary locally with crew you know we're blessed to be able to have a lot of different missionaries um, all over the world and to be able to uh, support them in a lot of different ways and sometimes we we just get you know letters and and things sometimes we get videos but now we got in the flesh (laughs) Jim Rue so he's going to share with us what's going on with crew and his ministry here so Jim they're all yours
3: okay thank you yeah, well, first of all, thank you all for your support, your prayers, your encouragement. Um, Linda and I, we've lived here in Warren for 35 years. And uh, so, been part of Columbia County, and I've pastored a couple of small churches in the area. But, um, you know, I came to Christ when I was in the Army, uh, back in the Vietnam War era, 1972. And another soldier approached me. With, And actually, he didn't approach me. I eavesdropped while he was having a conversation with another guy. Didn't understand why my friend was talking to this guy about religion, as I thought it was. But uh, the guy saw that I was interested, so he turned the conversation toward me. He was talking about Jesus, and my friend ducked out and left me standing there. But the guy, in a nutshell, just shared in a real simple way how I could come to faith in God through Jesus Christ. And I accepted Jesus right there in the gymnasium where I was standing, soldiers wandering around all around me. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to pray out loud and receive Jesus in a front of a bunch of uh, soldiers, but I did. And when I got out of the army, I was uh, approached one day by a staff member of Campus Crusade for Christ, and I developed a friendship with him, and he started following me up, getting me rooted and grounded in the faith. My life was really changing. Really changing. I was the sports editor for the uh, newspaper, the Vanguard at Portland State, and people said, Well, you've got a gift for writing. Maybe you ought to serve the Lord with your writing. And I had another type of job offered to me, you know, in a big construction firm, and I was thinking I would go do that, make some money. But God had different ideas. So He did lead me to work as a a writer for Campus Crusade. And as they say, join the Navy and see the world. Well, guess what? Join Campus Crusade and see the world. I had no idea what kind of adventures God had in mind for me, but I wound up eventually becoming a correspondent in the Middle East, and um, worked, I lived and worked in Beirut, Lebanon during the time of the Civil War, so uh, there were a lot of adventures that God has given me. In fact, I got my start in evangelism in 1977 in the south side of Chicago on a summer project there, and it was tough. You know, pretty tough area, but I love adventures. I love sticking my neck out and I fell in love with the gospel and therefore was sharing the gospel. I love doing that. I wound up working as a writer, but if I was not personally sharing the gospel, just something about writing stories sort of fell flat for me. So it's always been a strong motivation for me, no matter what I'm doing, is sharing the gospel one-on-one with people. So long story short, I'm back right back where I started from at Portland State. I am sharing the gospel and have been doing that for about 23 years on the campus of Portland State, and there are thousands of international students coming, and I just really have a heart for the international students. I know what it's like to live in foreign soil and not know the language right away and all the other struggles that go into that, but I'm sharing the gospel with students, and one of the most effective ways that i found to share the gospel with students, whether it's Americans or average, everyday Oregon, you know, keeping it weird, Portlander, or the international students that come. I love to just listen to their stories. I ask them a lot of questions, and then I ask them if I can speak a blessing over them. And it's just something that God gave to me, but I do. I speak blessings over them, and it builds a bridge to their heart over which I can bring the blessings of the gospel. I could tell you, if I had more time, I'd tell you some of those examples of that, but I'd love to talk with you later if you have time. But Linda and I both are involved with prayer. I'm also uh, on a prayer team within Crew, Campus Crusade. I do a lot of coaching with individuals who are in transition, trying to figure out what is the next step. But um, Linda is coordinating the South County National Day of Prayer. And, and again, encourage you to come here. She's been working really hard. There are a lot of really, really great people that have been helping out. And you'll just come in here and you'll have an opportunity on Thursday to pray for for the country. And it's just an amazing opportunity. So thank you for just standing with me. And thank you for asking questions. And and thank you for praying with me. So
2: So for the next month, yes. So for the next month, we're going to focus our, our prayers missionally for uh, Jim and for Linda and the, and the ministry they're doing in crew. And so every month we, we you know, change a, a ministry focus. You'll find them in the, in the bulletin there. So let's pray for them right now. Let's do that. Father, we thank you for Jim and Linda and the ministry they're doing. Lord, to know them and to partner with them for, for on my side for the last 22 years just to be able to watch and see what they're doing has just been amazing. And Lord, I know that, that at a time when campuses are being shut down, Yeah, people are not being allowed on these campuses. Jim still has a a, a foothold there and and so does the gospel. So may you expand his borders and, and may you give him those divine appointments and the blessings to be able to give to these students that they would know that they are special, uniquely made in the image of God and that God has a plan for their life and a plan for their eternity. May they receive that free gift and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers come forward for this morning's offering. God, we thank you. We truly thank you for everything that we have and everything that you provide. We are a blessed people in so many ways. If we were to count our blessings, we could spend all morning just worshiping you of the blessings that you've afforded towards us, where we live, the clothes that we have, the food that we enjoy, the freedoms that we have in this place. There are people in this world that don't experience these things. They become challenges. May we never take for granted the blessings that have been afforded to us. And God, as an act of worship, we want to give back to you some of the some of the first fruit of that which you've given to us to use for your kingdom. To be able to bless others in our community, both here in South Columbia County and and then throughout the world. That we would have the resources to be able to teach, to share the gospel, support the missionaries, do VBS and all the things that we do. Lord, we, we want to honor You and say thank You. We praise Your name, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: his throne. Crown him with many crowns, Jesus. Crown him the Lord of love. Behold, he and inside. Crown him the Lord of love, Jesus. Crown him the Lord of life. Who triumphed o'er the grave. Him the Lord of life, Jesus. Crown him, the Lord of heaven, one with the Father. Known. Crown him, the Lord of heaven, Jesus. Sing it out now. You deserve our worship. You deserve it, Lord. You deserve our worship. Jesus, love and adoration, you deserve it, Lord. to working No.
0: of our heart this morning God we thank you that you are here in our midst it's not based upon our feelings it's not based upon how good our lives may or may not be but it's all based upon the truth of your word and you said that you would be here with us as we gather together you are in our midst because each one of us brought you here you live inside of us As we sang and as we prayed, may we become so aware that you are with us, that nothing else matters, that we are so focused on you. So Holy Spirit, we make ourselves available to you this morning. Continue to speak through us now through your word in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: We're going to be in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Taking a look at verses 6 to 16 this morning. We've been in a series, Word of God Speak, and a couple weeks ago we took a look at uh, how God speaks, and then last week we took a look at the voice of the shepherd. This week we're going to take a look at the voice of the Holy Spirit. Words are powerful. Here, think about just the use of words and how powerful they really are. And, and the whole process of conveying an idea, we use words to encourage, we use words to teach, we use words to convey emotions, we use words to correct, to rebuke, uh, all these kinds of words. And, and really, the process, if you think about the idea of communication, there's a concept that begins in your mind, for most of us. And then in the mind, now we have to process how are we going to get what's in our head out to the other person. Well, God gave us this vehicle called speech. And so now we have to take the thought and we have to put it together in such a way that it comes out of our mouth. And then the other person would hear it. So they got to hear what you say. And then they have to process it in their mind, and then, in processing it in their mind, they respond with speech there's a lot of places you could drop the ball in in hearing and what's said. Have you ever had a miscommunication with somebody where something came out of your mouth that you didn't intend on, or they heard you wrong and you had to clarify it or or work through it <clears throat> According to a recent uh, survey done by Huntington Post, ongoing communication difficulties are the number one reason why couples end up in divorce. The statistic is 67.5% of marriages end in divorce due to communication problems. Could you see how that would happen? For sure. Communication is the key. And it's interesting because guys... If you haven't figured it out, we are wired differently than women. We have a little blown fuse every now and then, but then we get our wires crossed. Because we all know that women communicate perfectly, right? <laughs> what is it, guys? The two phrases I've always taught you yes, dear, and I'm sorry. Always the right response. It's either yes, dear, or I'm sorry, and you're good. But the reality is, we speak, and men tend to speak, you know, out of a shade of blue because we're guys, and we hear, you know, with blue hearing aids because we hear through the guy filter, and then women speak out of a pink microphone, and and they hear out of pink hearing aids, and... We just don't always get it, and so miscommunication is really difficult within that, and we've got to make sure that we're hearing what the voice is saying and and what the other person is saying. so I got a little bit of a funny clip that I want that illustrates um this kind of communication, how important it is to really try to hear what the other person is saying, and how based off of our presupposition, we don't always hear it that way. It's a couple. Pay attention to the detail. Yep. (laughs) Blessed his heart. (laughs) Words do have meaning, and they, they travel. And so as we take a look at this series, Word of God Speaks, so many times God is speaking and trying to deal with and help us understand our problem or what's going on, and we're like, God, you don't understand. You don't get it. And God's like, yeah, I do, within this. When we take a look at understanding God and hearing from God, we've got we to gotta figure out how to listen. And what is the vehicle, or should I say, who is the vehicle that God uses primarily within the church today? And that's the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, many people will view the Holy Spirit as a power or essence. Well, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. And He is the person that Jesus has given to us to help us in life, to help us in our faith journey. He's the paraclete. He's the one that's come alongside. He's the encourager and helps us all along the way. Apart from the voice of the Holy Spirit... Mankind can never understand or receive any information from God. Let me be clear. Apart from the person of the Holy Spirit, you will never hear or understand what God is saying. And that is a truth. So many people are looking for for hope, for understanding. And it's the Holy Spirit... Who comes and indwells in us as a translator? If you've ever been traveling, you've gone to a foreign country and you don't speak the language. It's really difficult because they're talking and they're communicating, but you're not comprehending. You can hear the noise, but you don't understand what's saying. So you need a translator. I've been all over the world, I've been in, in, in countries where I am clueless about the language. But I rely on the translator to help get the message across. Paul's mission was to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. His mission was to introduce Jesus to a dying world. And it's God's plan and ministry of redemption to the world that needs to be made known. It's missional. It's evangelistic within this. And it's through the voice of the Holy Spirit that God is calling people to Himself. It's through the voice of the Holy Spirit... That people are saved. And it's the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of world, that that God wants to relate to people. And so God is speaking, and God is always speaking, in many different ways, but specifically through the Holy Spirit to us. And this divine revelation involves all three persons of the Godhead. It's the Father who orchestrates. It's the Son who, who removed The hindrance of sin that separates us so that we can have this relationship. And once Jesus removed the hindrance of sin by dying on the cross for our sins and and paying that penalty, then he sent the Holy Spirit to be an internal translator of the voice of God so that we could understand it in our hearts within us. And so the voice of God is the voice that he has given of the Holy Spirit to the church. How do I know that? Well, in the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the end of the Bible, to all seven churches, the same phrase is stated. For example, in Revelation 2-7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So we know specifically to the church, the voice of the Holy Spirit is the primary communicator to believers today. So it's imperative that as, as Christ followers, we learn to listen to that voice because it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and again, it, it's not about getting charismatic and it's not about getting into like all this. Is, it's very simple, we don't need to overcomplicate it. God will speak to the inner man, as we're going to see here, and convey the ideas. And what is the idea? The idea is the mind of Christ. If You want to know the mind of Christ? You've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit within you as a Christ follower. Let's stand as we read our text. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 6-16. Paul, in writing to the church, says this, Yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood, and if they would they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it's written things which eye has not seen and ear is not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? And even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. For we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit whom is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we would speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. May God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. So the first thing that Paul addresses is this hidden mystery that's in this. In verse 6. He says, yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are immaturity, a wisdom, however, not of this age within this. The wisdom of God or the knowledge of God is a hidden mystery. It's something that only God knows and only God will choose to reveal. It's God's wisdom within this. And so this word mystery, as we take a look at it, it's the Greek word musterion. It's not a mystery like, you know, the whodunit kind of kind of thing. The word musterion means something that was hidden is now revealed. Something that is very specific within this. And it's revealed to everyone. And what was the mystery? The mystery is really the message of salvation. It's the message that everyone can be redeemed within this the jews and the the gentiles were struggling because the jews thought that they were all that they thought oh we're god's people we're the chosen ones and and all that and god says yeah you're chosen and you're my children but i have a plan for all mankind for all mankind to be saved and the jews are like yeah how does that happen because the gentiles are dogs they don't they shouldn't be saved and god has this this mystery The mystery, God's plan of salvation through his son dying on the cross for our sins, atoning for the sins of the world, that whoever puts their faith and trust in the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus as Lord and Savior will be saved, whoever within that. And so within this, this is a mystery because they're like, we don't get it. How does this happen? So this Understanding can only come to the spirit-filled believer. And when are you spirit-filled? At the time of your salvation and redemption. God gives you your spirit. His spirit. Revive you. You're born again within that. It's God who reveals himself. God chose to reveal himself to you, Christian. God chose before the foundations of the world that I will give to you understanding about me, and calls you to him. And apart from God's desire to reveal himself, man would never know or understand God. There's a lot of people that would call themselves theologians but are not saved, and they're really smart about history or even written theology, but they do not know the mind of Christ because they don't have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul would write, To whom God willed to make known what is the riches and the glory and the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the mystery? The mystery revealed is your salvation, Christ in you. It's your, your hope of glory, eternal life. That's this, this hidden mystery that, yes... And believing in Jesus, you'll be saved. And it's guaranteed by the Holy Spirit within this. Paul is writing to the, the Corinthians who prided themselves as being mature. They thought, Oh, we are we are the smartest people on the planet. Do you ever know somebody that thinks that they're the smartest person in the room? They come in and they suck the wind out and they they, they with their arrogance. And so Paul chides them a bit and and is a bit sarcastic and and I think you can be sarcastic and be right and and he was to those who are mature in wisdom mature you think you're mature you're not mature in wisdom the the word wisdom there is sophia it's where we get our word sophisticated from you you think you are mature you want to know how you're mature it's interesting because that word mature is teleos. Which literally means complete. You're not complete unless you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You're not mature unless the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. You're you're not there. The mature person is that one that's received the Holy Spirit. Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 2.12. He says, now we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. And here's that henna clause, a purpose clause. So that. Here's the purpose. So that we would know things freely given to us. Why is the Holy Spirit given to you? Not so that you could run around and speak in tongues. Not so that you can run around and do all of these ecstatic things. The Holy Spirit's primary gift is so that you would know freely the wisdom of God as God would speak through you. That is His primary purpose. is to be able to communicate to you. Freely, unhindered. You want to hear God speak? Sit and listen. To whom? Specifically, Holy Spirit. Have you ever prayed, Holy Spirit, please speak to my heart. I'm listening. Because that's His job. That's His job is to be able to give to us these freely. The world is dominated by secular humanism. Secular humanism is man's idea that he's the smartest person on the planet, but he's the most immature. How do you know that? Take a look at how secular humanism operates in the decisions that are being made. It's like a bunch of three-year-olds running things. And it makes you crazy because it's like it could be so much better if you would just listen to the wisdom of God. And so within this... There is this age to come. What is the age to come? The age to come that Paul speaks of is the kingdom rule of God. When does that begin? Now. Because for every believer, you are under the kingdom of God. The kingdom rule in your life. Okay? So, Jesus is on the throne. I'm under kingdom rule. How do I live under kingdom rule? Well, you listen to the one who speaks on behalf of the king. The Holy Spirit, who reveals the complete wisdom of God, within that. In verses eight and nine, there's a danger, though, because what happens? What happens if you reject that wisdom? We look at this, and, he, and and really rejecting that wisdom is a failure to understand Jesus, and and because he, it all starts with him. In verses eight and nine, it says, "And the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age had understood; for if they had understood." understood what the wisdom they would not have crucified the Lord and so within this Paul is speaking the rulers of the world they failed to understand the wisdom of God they failed to understand the divine revelation how do we know that let's see God sent his son to add to himself humanity to die a substitutionary death on behalf of the sins of all mankind so that all mankind would have the opportunity to be saved if they put their faith and trust in Him. And you rejected Him. You rejected the solution. It would be like being diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, body riddled with tumors, and the docs would say, we've got good news for you. With one injection, we can cure your cancer. One injection. And you went to him and you said, no thanks. I'm going to try a naturopath. I'm going to try something else. Because how could one shot cure something that nobody else has ever been able to cure? To reject that. Man had one shot. And you have one shot. And his name is Jesus. And you reject him. You reject everything that God has for you. The wisdom. The if in this phrase, if they had known them, is what's called a second class condition. Second class condition in, in Greek literally means it's a condition of the contrary. If they had known that this was God's wisdom and God's plan, and they don't, they killed them. They rejected him. They didn't understand the cross, and they didn't understand the crucified Savior. Is that the case of the world today? Do people not understand the fact that Jesus is God's Son, and He died on the cross? No. They believe it to be a myth, a fairy tale, a fable, a religious extreme position. How could that be? They don't understand it. You know why they don't understand it? Because they don't have the capacity to understand it. Because they're looking at things through secular eyes and humanism. Worldly leaders can't understand because they're led by the spirit of this world. Who is the driving force of the spirit of this world? Who is the spirit of this world? Satan. Do you think Satan wants people to be saved? He knows his end. He knows his end is the lake of fire. He knows his end is the utter destruction. And he's just trying to take as many people with him as he can. And so he is keeping people deaf and blind to the wisdom of God. And people are buying it because they're falling into the secular humanism and the world think that is driving, that, that's put them on the same path within that. Here's a hint, Christian. If it smells like the world, if it looks like the world, if it quacks like the world, it's the world, and reject the world. But if it's of God, accept what God says within this. These people, worldly leaders, could not use spiritual reasoning because they're unregenerated. Here is also a word of encouragement in this. When witnessing or talking with somebody that is secular, stop debating them. Stop trying to use logic and reason to talk with them. Evangelize them. Tell them about Jesus. Keep the conversation focused on Jesus because it's not until their sins are paid for and they accept Jesus that they'll receive the Holy Spirit so they can understand spiritual things. There's one thing that they need to know. God loves them. And God wants them to be with Him in all eternity and He paid the price for their sin. That's the one thing. Don't get into creationism versus evolutionism and and politics and all the. Keep it simple and keep the conversation about Jesus. And then when they're saved, then you can have some deeper conversation using the wisdom of God because you could speak the same language. You can, the spiritual ignorance creates spiritual opposition. Spiritual ignorance creates spiritual opposition. If people are spiritually ignorant and don't have the capacity to understand the things of God, then they're going to be opposed to the things of God. And you cannot legislate someone to be spiritual. Paul is quoting out of Isaiah 64 4 and 65 17 saying that the spirit is ready, but the eye has not seen. The ear is not heard. These vehicles by which God has given us, these are symbolic cognitive terms. We use eyes and ears to gather information so that we can make a decision what we see and what we hear, but are spiritualized. Can't see because we're not saved. And spiritual ears cannot hear because you're not saved. Therefore, you cannot make a decision. So who is the one that can open the eyes of the blind? Or open the ears to hear? Jesus. Only one. So bring them Jesus. So that He might allow them to see. So that through listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, they'll know the mind of Christ. Paul goes on. And and talks about this divine declaration that God has made in verses 10 to 13. For to us, God revealed them, note, through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. You know what's so cool about the Holy Spirit? He knows what you need when you need it. I want you to imagine, and it's it's a really bad analogy, I, I get it but I'll use it anyways. Imagine you have to research how to rebuild an engine. And you've never rebuilt an engine before. And so you go someplace where there's lots of wisdom and knowledge. They have them, and they're called books, they're paper, and it's a library, right? Nowadays you go to YouTube and... right. And you look at these so-called professionals. But, but let's go old school a little bit. Let's go to the library. And you go to the library and you say, I need to rebuild an engine. Can you find me a step-by-step book on how to rebuild the engine? And the librarian would go to what was these like index cards that they used to have. They'd pull out the cards and they look at the topic and look at the number. And then the book would have a certain number and then they'd go get that book off the shelf. And it'd be the book you need. You go to the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, and it's okay to pray directly to the Holy Spirit. I need to know how to love this person. I need to know how to handle this situation. And the Holy Spirit says, Hold on to that thought for a minute. Let me go search the things of God. Let me search the wisdom of God. And He brings back to you exactly what you need for that situation. He would search the scriptures we're going to talk about next week and bring back to your remembrance the passages that you should have read that you would know that would fit that situation. But we don't do that. Especially guys. What are we going to do? I'm going to rebuild that engine. Do you know what you're doing? No, I'll figure it out along the way. And then you're all done and it won't start and there's extra parts on the ground. Second Peter one twenty one says this, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. We did not get the Bible from human will. This book was written by men, yes. How? Because the Holy Spirit spoke to their heart to write these things. Holy Spirit did the research and said this is what they need to know, went to the men, they wrote it down. That's what we got. Did we get all the wisdom of God? Absolutely not. But we've been given this helper that gives us what we need to know, when we need to know it, and how we need to know it. You say, well, how does that happen? Outside voice? No. Inside voice. Inside you voice. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you, learn to listen to the inside voice and what that voice sounds like. Check that voice against Scripture, Ephesians one seventeen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Notice the Trinity in that passage: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit all participate in divine revelation through the Holy Spirit so that who is the person speaking? Spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of Him. The Holy Spirit is the one speaking. Listen to Him. Paul argues this point to the Corinthians, these smart alecks within this. And in, in, he says to this, for God revealed to them through the Spirit, the Spirit searches all things to the depths of God. Who among the men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of a man? And who knows the thoughts of God? No one except the Spirit of God. And so he uses this, uh, the, the principle of like only knows like. So, man in himself can only know to the depth of the knowledge of man. The Spirit knows far above that. Because the Spirit knows the depth of the knowledge of God. Okay, so if man can only know to the depth of knowledge of man, and the Spirit knows all the depth of the knowledge of God, and if you want to know about God or what God says, do you go to man or do you go to the Spirit? You go to the Spirit. Why? Because it's the Spirit that reveals the mind of Christ to the heart of man. John sixteen thirteen says this, But when he, notice he, not it, He, the spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what to come. Power or essence or person? Jesus uses a pronoun. He. Person. By designation, the one that speaks. You say, okay, how am I ever going to know everything about God? I want to know about God. Can I know everything? Nope. It's on a need-to-know basis. What you need to know, you'll get. But if you go to Him, Romans chapter 11, 33 says, Oh, the depths and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are all His judgments and fathoms and His ways. I'll never get it. You'll scratch your head. You'll hit your head against the wall. You'll try and figure out God. And instead of doing that, just stop and pray and say, Holy Spirit, give me what I need to know. And if you're not told, you don't need to know it. And just rest in that. Because God promises to give you what you need to know when you need to know it. You say, well, I'm confused about that. And I'm sure God's going, bless your heart, you will be. Maybe in a couple of years, as you mature and grow in the grace and knowledge, then you'll get it. I know there are things that I understand now that I never would have understood earlier on in my, in my faith journey. And the blessing is this, that the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. If you've accepted Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. You have a translator that will bring everything of God to you within this. And all you have to do is ask, James... 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously, without reproach, and it will be given to him. So many times people go, well, I'm afraid to ask God. James says, ask without reproach. Have you ever been ever afraid to ask somebody how to do something or a question? I, I don't know. I don't want to bother them. I don't know. I don't want to ask the question, you're going to think I'm stupid. Or you preface the question, well, this is a dumb question question james says ask without reproach in other words don't let anything hinder your request there are no stupid questions with god you know the coolest thing about this god already knows what you're going to ask before you ask it so just ask seek and and within this he gives us the spiritual impression and notice it is a spiritual thought verse 13 ...that comes out with spiritual words. A spiritual thought... ...that comes out with spiritual words. In other words... ...meditating on what is being presented to you by God... ...and choosing to say, yeah... ...yeah, okay... ...and then figuring out how to express that. These spiritual thoughts are combined with spiritual words... For the purpose of spiritual instruction. So how does this work in practicality? You're in prayer, or you're reading the Bible, and you have a spiritual impression inside. No specific words, you just kind of have this impression. Okay. I want to match it up with spiritual words. So this is kind of like what I'm feeling. It's kind of like this topic that I'm looking at. Where would I go for, for spiritual words? The Word of God. And I look for these things. You know, God, I really feel like you want to help me out with my anxiety or my fear or, or my hatred or my anger. God. You really, but but I need something a little bit more than just this impression. So you start searching the Scriptures for these spiritual words. Second Timothy 3.16 All Scripture. How much? All All Scripture is inspired by God via the Holy Spirit. Profitable for what? Teaching, reproof, correction, for training of righteousness. Hina So that the man of God may be equipped or adequate and equipped for every good work. Spiritual impression should lead you to the Word of God. Finding the Word of God, in the Word of God, those truths, to equip you, to teach you. And so listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is best accomplished when you're actually spending time in the Word of God. When you're struggling, go to the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit will speak. When you don't know what to do, go to the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit will speak. How often? Bailey? And any time after that. But the problem is, so many times we just don't listen well. Verses 14 to 15, we have this human deficiency. Paul says, but, this is one of those bad buts in the Bible, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He can't understand them because they're spiritually appraised. And that word appraised literally means judged. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is not judged by no one. So we look at this, and the, and the first problem is that the unregenerate does not accept the Spirit of the Lord. So, which means he's going to walk around deaf, dumb, and in darkness within this. Dead men can't hear, can they? Why can't dead men hear? They're dead. They're dead. Rocket science. They're dead. So, dead men can't hear. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 21 says this, Now hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. You think about the time of the prophets and how many times God spoke through the prophets to Israel, Change, stop, you're going to be destroyed. And they were like dead people. They could have avoided all of that but they didn't because they were dead. They used human reason and used human logic and they tried to explain God away as opposed to listening. The unregenerate views the things of God as foolishness. That word foolishness is an interesting word. It's called Mariah. Maria. Mariah, Not Maria. If you're Maria, don't take offense. It literally means moron. Foolishness means moron. Oh, you morons within this. Meaning you're an idiot. It's in the Bible. So you can bless you, Maria. No, no just kidding. It's foolishness. That's why when you share the gospel to the unregenerate, they go, I don't get it. Well, no, you don't. But you need to trust by faith. You need to move out beyond what you understand. And within this, they judge the things of God as being idiots. So a lot of the, well, the natural man, the world looks at Christians and says to all the Christians, you're idiots. Yep, I'm a number one idiot by your standard. But the spiritual man and the one that receives the Spirit of God is really not judged by anything because he has the wisdom of God. He's the one that really judges all things. So, so as, as a Spirit-filled believer, I can adequately judge people of the world. But the world cannot adequately judge me. I judge people in the world not based on human wisdom, but by, based on spiritual wisdom. It's a much higher level. Than what people of the world can use to judge. That's why people of the world are foolish. And within this, the spiritual one can judge because of the Spirit God that dwells in him. First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you'll know the Spirit of God. Here's how you know. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you've heard that is coming and now is already in the world. How do I know who's wise? You want to know the wise one? Ask him the question. Who's Jesus to you? And if they say, I don't know Jesus... Now you know what level of wisdom they have. That's what the Bible says. So within this, we need to understand that in Paul's conclusion, he, he gives the spiritual disclosure within this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? It, it's a rhetorical question and the answer is no one. But, this is a good but, we have the mind of Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Paul's quoting Isaiah 40, 13, within this. As God directs the Spirit to give to us the mind of Christ. You want to know how to live? You want to know how to, how to, to really, really live? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to His voice. Learn to listen to His voice. Don't seek the ecstatic, the speaking in tongues and all these other things. Seek that voice inside. Seek the voice that comes from spending time in the Word. And that can only be done through Jesus. It can only be done via the Holy Spirit revealing Himself. And it's only through listening to the Holy Spirit that, that any of this is going to make sense. Set aside human wisdom. And seek the wisdom of God. Seek the mind of Christ. Let's pray. God, I thank You. I thank You that You have given us the privilege to enter into a divine conversation. That we can be taught and trained through the Holy Spirit. That we can know You, God. You've given us this internal translator Encourage her via the Holy Spirit. Lord, I know that there are people watching online now, perhaps even people in this room, that are still struggling to hear. And if that's you this morning, the first question I need to ask you is, Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior to forgive you of all your sin? Your sin has to be forgiven before you'll ever hear the voice of God. That internal intuition, that little voice that you're hearing is the Holy Spirit speaking. Telling you, pray, ask God to forgive you of your sins right now. Believe that Jesus died for you. Receive His forgiveness. Listen to that voice. Do that. And God will fill you with His Spirit and give you all wisdom. And you'll have a companion for all life on this earth to understand the words of God. To the believer... If you pray and you're not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, check yourself. Check your heart. Are you so full of the world's wisdom that you can't hear God? Is the world speaking so loud that you can't hear the Spirit? Stop and listen. And pray. Word of the Spirit, speak to my heart. Lead me and guide me. And listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Voice above every other voice. May we find those times of refreshment of being still and spending time with you, Holy Spirit. The times of distress, times of encouragement, to know that you're always there, ready to get in and out. Lord, I would pray that as we go out today, that every person that heard your word this morning would respond and spend time with you and thereby be encouraged and empowered to live in this world and be overcomers. We thank you and we praise you for our time. In Jesus' name and all God's people said.